one with nature, <laughs> diapers and dog houses. We're back after a small hiatus, a high carb hiatus. Yeah, I was on that low carb living. Now I'm on that high carb hiatus. Uh-uh. I got to get back. All the stuff, all the stuff you I ate, man. Real bread. I got to get. Yeah, exactly. Look, cause you know what happens when somebody dies: fried chicken. Oh man, yeah, oh, yeah. For uh, a man. solid week, Darius lost his grandmother. Man, we, you know, I had to shut it down for that. Man, that was that was one. That was one or two weeks there. Then I don't know what happened. Y'all I, was I went sick. to a wedding. I was I at Jekyll Alley. I got sick. And then we had our scheduled week off. Yeah. Yeah, Labor Day. So it hasn't been, what, three weeks or four? I think it's been four weeks. Goodness. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting messages, man. Like, y'all done already? Like, you know, Whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, chill. no, messages, chill. Man, so, chill hey, no, life happened. That's you what, know, that's you know, what happened. We got back in school. Exactly. We got two teachers on the podcast, so <laughs> it's to, to be expected, man. And, uh, you know, and we're actual fathers that and husbands. Fathers. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. But here we are. We're back. Special edition Love out here in the languages. out here in the woods of Newton County, <laughs> ducking the clan next door, <laughs> respectfully. They actually cut my uh, they actually cut my some of my front yard for me, bro. So shout out to the clan member next door. Uh, Maybe he's not so racist after all. Are they racist? What I, I, I don't, did I miss the story? I was about to say, did we miss something? Did we miss something? <laughs> Maybe that was a bonus episode and <laughs> <laughs> been released. Yeah, say anything about that. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. <laughs> All right, this is episode 21. We're going to break down this book that we told y'all about. The Five Love Languages. The Secret to Love That Last by Gary Chapman. New York Times bestseller. But first off, we're going to tell y'all what we learned this week. And I'm, I'm just going to... I'm, I'm trying not to get all sappy real quick. My school related, man. Go ahead. Just, just thinking back about uh, reflecting on my grandma. Yeah. And... Um, what she and my granddad taught us mm. and just I guess the best way to say it is truly cherish mm. those small moments Yep, because you don't know when that nope. time comes nope. so it's it, you know with her you know it wasn't that it was an expected thing or that we were looking towards it or anything like that it, it kind of caught, kind of, uh, caught us off guard and no it wasn't COVID mm-hmm. um, but we you know she's been in the hospital for what three months and so you know you know sitting back and reflecting I was look, sitting in the yard and going God I used to play as a kid right here mm-hmm. and then you're like dang I'm an adult with two kids and when did I you have that when did I grow up moment mm-hmm. and so I say that because I'm looking at my own little boys. Mm. Like my youngest one, I mean my oldest one. His birthday is Sunday. Mm. He turns eight. Mm. So I'm like, man, you were just a little kid. And you know that whole that blinking of the eye, Some life passing you by. So mm-hmm. just um, just be mindful to cherish those moments mm-hmm. uh, while you're having them because you don't know what memories are going to be memories until they are memories. Mm. That's so. true. Amen to that, man. Rest in peace, man. Appreciate it. I was talking to my great grandma. Uh, um, my dad had ankle surgery, so he's been, you know, can't drive. So I picked my great grandma up and drove her to Honey Creek. They live in Stone Mountain. I picked her up in Stone Mountain, drove her to Honey Creek for a hair appointment. And um, <laughs> I don't know why they can't find anybody <laughs> close to Stone Mountain. Anyways, uh, we talked. You know, she tell me about the old country. She was born in '29, so oh wow, and she's been in Congress her whole life. So she's seen, you know, I twenty being. Like, you right. know, grown to what it is. And yeah. She remembers everything with the dirt roads, you know. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that, man. You got to talk. 
just talk. I mean, it's, it's easy to just dismiss your grandparents, especially when you're young. Like, you know, I ain't seen a grandma's house. It's boring over there. Like, you know, that's how I was anyway. Randy Court was boring <laughs> if I wasn't outside playing with the boys. But just sitting there and just talking and learning. You know, my grandma, my mom's mom, now she's, like, telling me stories, you know, how she met her yes. husband. And, you know, it's just, it's funny stuff like that that you're like, oh, that's, that makes sense, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bag. I don't know if y'all, uh, Coach Boisell. Mm. I mean, not voice, not voice. Uh, who was? No, eighth grade is right. Coach Boisell. Coach yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember that project he made us do where we had to interview? Yep, I do vaguely remember that. Yep. And I, I interviewed my great grandma, and mm. she was born in 1919. So mm. I know exactly what oh, you mean. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So it's just like that, those kinds of taking you back to the 20s, the fact, yeah, and that's, the 30s. That's, that's and straight up can, Great Depression era. Like, yeah. That's, that's the like she was 10. Yeah. The fact that she can remember, the fact that my great grandma can remember, she remembers everything. Like that's just a blessing, and I thank God for that. You know. Yeah, man. A lot of yeah, people I, out of it. I did the same thing. I, it wasn't Coach V's class, but I, I remember interviewing my grandfather. Mm. You know, I remember him telling us all about him being in the Navy. That's all we heard about growing up. He's mm. a Navy guy. He retired after twenty years. Mm. I remember that was the first time he ever actually told me about him being in combat and mm. like seeing mm. a different side of him mm. and like. That changed how I talked. Like I, I, I found I could ask him a little bit more deeper questions now. And I, mm-hmm. man, I tell, I tell people all the time, like if you got those people still in your life, mm-hmm. talk yeah, to absolutely. them. Talk yeah, to yeah. them if they'll yeah. let you record them. Yeah, like, yeah. Record it so you can hear it. Like yeah. my, my, my grandma. I mean, she's got stories from all over. She was, mm-hmm. a, she wasn't a child of the depression, but a child yeah. right after that. Well, yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, know. just talk to your parents. My mom, yeah. you know. I learned stuff about my mom and her childhood, you yep. know. Yeah. That's a, that influenced how she raised me. So it's just, you know, learning and, you know, just thankful for those uh, lessons, really. I, yeah, man. I remember I was teaching one day and I had a kid. We were talking about uh, Cuba and the Bay of Pigs and, like, <laughs> communist Cuba and all that. And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, my grandfather was, he was, a, he was in a Cuban prison mm. for, like, being a British spy or something like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, what? You? I was like, is he here? He's like, yeah, he's here now. I'm like, do you have the details of this? He's like, oh, I never really asked him about it. Ask him. I'm like, go home right now, <laughs> record him, and he listen to everything he says. And he, I mean, we got we got people in our lives who have lived through stuff. Yeah, yeah. I still got the uh, the cassette tape of my great grandma's, you know, yeah. that interview. I still have it somewhere. I just don't know where. Mm. I think about that with my dad. I have a few voice bells, and that's about it. I saved. Yeah. I thought. I thought about saving them, and I don't know if I have any videos, yeah. Yeah, pictures. I mean, I'm missing, but I don't. I don't think I have. Yeah, just other than those voicemails. That's that's the only recording of his voice I have. And I'm like, man, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think that you know, 20, 30 years, you wouldn't have thought to do something like that. And now it's so prevalent that everything's digitized, right. so mm-hmm. it's living forever. So right. it's yeah. just a, a t- I guess, a testament to the era we live in now. Mm-hmm. All right, man. What you got? Something you got? Something that? Anything? Uh, yeah. Last month. I mean, it's funny. Like, <laughs> you know, doing the same job I do. You know, my wife and I doing the same job is, is interesting in that mm-hmm. we do things very different. Talking about love languages, <laughs> teaching languages are different too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Just learning that, like, the, the way she does things is not the way I'm gonna do things. Yeah, and I have to be okay with that. I, I, yeah, I can be a little critical sometimes. And, yeah. Knowing that, like, my wife's really good at her job. Like, mm-hmm. She's probably better than me. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give her that. Yeah. Uh, although I think I'm decent at it. Yeah. But, but she just does things very different. And, mm-hmm. and knowing, like, we got to celebrate our spouses. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think we forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
just making sure that you know, like, I'm just proud of what she does. Yeah. And I'm yeah, proud absolutely. of the way she does it. And yeah. She gets out of her comfort zone and bless her heart. She, she's, she's getting good at this. She, she's <laughs> figuring this out. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. Um, what I learned this week, man, was, uh, well, the last few weeks. <laughs> first off, Jekyll Island is trash, bro. <laughs> That's first off, bro. That was a horrible vacation, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> but. The room was trash, bro. Like, it just ruined the whole mood for my Good wife, job. you know. You know, wives are more, you know, they nitpick, I guess. My wife was real nitpicky because the room had, a, you know, it was straight. It was it was like the shower, like, hadn't been touched. Like, Oh, no. It was God. a condo, bro, so. Yeah. You expect more out of a condo. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, ran by a management company. Like, it wasn't, like, some really? guy. Yeah, it was, like, you know, I'm not going to throw them out there. Because they did refund me a cleaning fee, $185. Well, they sent me half of it. But anyways, like, it ruined, it, it, it kind of just ruined the whole trip, bro. Like, yeah, the wedding was amazing. Shout out to my stepbrother. The wedding was amazing. Just not letting those, me and T could have had a way better time if we just didn't let that. We could have just found a new hotel room or something. I don't know what we could have did, bro. But I let it ruin my whole weekend almost. And that was, you know, female-ish of me, I guess, bro. Because cause I was like, I just want to go to bed, bro. T was like, I want this crap fixed right now. 10 o'clock at night, bro. Like, I want this stuff fixed now. Hey, y'all know the saying, happy wife, happy life. Exactly, bro. would have done the same thing. Any woman would, really. And dudes like you, as long as they ain't got no roaches in the bed, I'm about to go to sleep, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Anyways, Jekyll Island is trash. Second off, shout out to Newton County, bro. You know, we, we had the school we had the school <laughs> going with the internet issues, bro. You know, I'm just learning that it's hard, bro. Like, I've been doing some freelancing here lately, bro. Trying to do that with my seven, well, and he's not seven months on more. He's ten months old. I've been saying seven months like the last ten months. Ten months? <laughs> he's been seven months since he was two months. Like, yeah, he's seven months old. I had my birthday. Yeah. But, uh... Having him ten month old, then having Drew and his internet issues with the Zoom, like it's just been a, it's been trying time, bro. So shout out to everybody's having to deal with that, trying to work from home and trying to handle the online schooling, bro. God bless all of y'all, man. All right, let's keep it moving, man. Shout out to everybody. Thank you for listening. Let's get to this book, man. Five love languages. <laughs> Can I put a disclaimer out there? Go ahead. Just so y'all know, this was recorded, you know, shortly after disappointing and heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, you might you might not hear the vibrance. You might not hear vibrance in my voice. The just Falcons, on the ball. Come on. I don't think we learned that this week. I think we've known this for years. We have, but the it came Falcons to fruition today. Terrible. It came to fruition today. It's, the Falcons are terrible <sighs> from top to bottom. But uh, we digress. But we just saying. As we get into love, don't get me started, bro. Don't get me started. We feeling some, we feeling some type of way. But anyways, back to the book. What happens to love after wedding? That's the first chapter. Mm-hmm. He's talking to this guy on the airplane, right? Yep. And the guy's like, he's been married what four times? Three, three times. Three times. Three times. And they keep getting shorter and shorter. Yep. The first time, you know, one of the marriages he known the girl for like three weeks or something crazy. Like, I, I tell you this first off, don't talk to me on the plane, bro. <laughs> that's first and foremost I don't want to be bothered on the plane I'm already slick nervous almost like I don't want to be bothered yeah, like, I'm not I'm hey, a nervous ride plane, plane rider so. like hey what are you doing what do you do for a living like I'm, dude don't oh, talk I'm, to me I'm chill on the plane ride see I'm that guy 
I'm chill, you but I don't mind it. I'm just, I just, once I, I get up be, in the air, I'm fine. But see, I've never, I've only flown once by myself, and even then, it was a, it was a red eye, so oh. nobody was asleep. See, uh, nobody was awake. Yeah. So. I flew for a living for you know three years in my first job. I flew once a month, mm. you know, round trip, and uh, and I'd always upgrade the first class, bro, because I'm fat and I need the room. <laughs> and so, Air Train, I flew Air Train every time. They had thirty nine dollars. You can upgrade the first class. I did it every time, bro. And it'd always be somebody be like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" You know, because you're sitting in first class. Hey, are you a football player or something? You're, you're pretty big and you're sitting up front <laughs> no leave me alone so that's first off <laughs> i hate people talking on the phone last time i tried to get on a plane i had these two old ladies and they were trying to seat me between them yeah and they looked at me they're like nah he's too big yeah <laughs> felt embarrassed I'm like, wrong <laughs> oh yeah oh man so dude that's that'd be the worst thing for me bro I'm like, like i'm huge right like i'm not like huge i'm not like 600 pound life huge but i'm huge bro big. and i'm coming down the aisle and you can see people looking up at me like, please don't sit next to me, bro. <laughs> They're looking at me like, please don't sit down next to me, bro. Now, if you want embarrassment, get on the roller coaster at Six Flags and then tell them, oh, we can't get you on because oh, yeah, it's too they, long. They, no, no, they, 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 they can't. Wait, because you're what? Well, like, I tried to ride the mine train and a little thing wouldn't come over my, my knees. Oh, no, that I can't get the thing on my belly. That's the problem. That's my problem. I can't get the thing down. I've almost had that happen with the over-the-shoulder ones, and I'm like, oh, Oh, I can get on. I can get on about three quarters of them now. Uh, Somebody uh, told me get off, fatty. Somebody told me that one of the oh, oh. the rides. Bro. I was holding the whole ride up. Bro. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, they, they had like two people pushing it down on me, bro. Like, Aah! yeah, see, that's that's the first sign. Of like, get off, fatty. Whatever that new ride was, I, I walked past it. I looked at the seat because we took the kids, the the high school kids last year. I looked at the pendulum thing. Yeah, I looked at that. I, one. I wrote it. I was like, yeah, I ain't fitting on that. I didn't even try. I'm like, hey, didn't go try it. I wrote it. That thing is scary, man. That's oh, been a while. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with the ones that come over you like that. Like, I can do those. Yeah. But the ones that come on you on your on your stomach, nah. Oh, nah. yeah, the old. Yeah, the I don't even try. I don't even try, bro. The plane. All right, so, yeah, I wrote my notes down. So, the first marriage, they were good before the baby came. Second marriage, they only dated six months. And the third marriage... She flipped a switch on him, like Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. Mm. Let me ask y'all this. Would y'all remarry? No. I've already said I'm not getting married ever again. No. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, not even close. It. No. Not, I mean, no. Knock, on, not, knock on this thing. And not glass. saying that I'm I anticipating anything to go wrong with my exactly. marriage, but I'm just, I, there, it takes a lot mm. to go into a marriage if you want to do it right. There's a lot that goes into it. If not, you care about the, if, if you, you care, care about, about the marriage, sanction, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. And so there's a lot that goes into it, and truth be told, if something would have, God forbid, happened to me or her, mm-hmm. well, I guess more to her. Yeah, I'm not getting remarried because yeah. I, don't, I don't have it. I just won't have it to put into. I don't it, have man. the emotional energy for that. Yeah, like, I, I, I just. On the flip side, my my uncle, the one that just called me a few minutes ago, mm. he's on marriage number four. <laughs> oh, but I got, well, I got, but I, I will family. say this. Oh gosh! But marriage number four has been his longest. Mm. They took him three times, three tries to get it right. But yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. But shout out to them because that is his soulmate. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I just can't I can't imagine ever trying that again. No. Um, now he said his first marriage with the baby, the baby causing the issues. It was as if her one goal in life was to have a baby, mm. and after that, she no longer needed me. What do y'all think about that? Well, and I, me and my wife had this conversation. We did, 
and it was something I had to grow up and realize that yes. I needed to grow up and realize. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's was, a maturity issue. It's, it's, it's a maturity thing, mm-hmm. and it's not that they don't need you or the baby only needs, she only needs the baby. Mm-hmm. Women have, they're nurturers. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So they are naturally going to gravitate towards making sure the needs of the child is met first. That's mm-hmm. their primary role. Mm-hmm. You as the husband have to take a step back and realize, okay, I'm sharing my life, right. sharing my wife with this tiny little human being that comes first now. And that's what, and that's what, that's like you said, it's a maturity deal where he didn't prioritize the child comes first. Once the child comes along, just like when you first get married, your wife comes first before your parents. So it's that it's another step in that progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, I, dads tend to, I mean, this is, they've done studies on this. You know, they, they tend to connect with their kids later than the moms. I mean, with moms, it's like, Day one, like it mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, well, it's, with, it's with, negative day one. That whole nine months they carried them. Right, mm-hmm. and, and so you know, with dads, I mean, it's kind of like when Ella was born. Like I was still a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, I mean, obviously, I love her to death. Like mm-hmm. I, I take a bullet for that kid. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Right, but but it develops much differently, uh, especially because I'm I'm not the one feeding her. I'm not the one. That's a good I mean, point. I'm, I'm doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I and I will say this. I, I'll say with some dads. You know, I, I've never really understood the dads that, that don't change diapers, that, right. that don't do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would guarantee you that adds a lot to it. At least would, try to get up in the middle of the night once, once every once in a while. I mean, I, mean, I tried. Hey. It wasn't a whole lot I could do, but <laughs> I tried. Yeah, yeah when well, she pumped and we had the stuff in there. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we, with yeah. our with our kids, we I, we were both involved. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember going, uh, some back when I still did ministry, I remember going to the state swim meet at Georgia Tech mm-hmm. with, with my little bag and Ella in the little carrier and like mm-hmm. warming up. <laughs> Milk in the thing and like trying to feed her own fit. Like I, I it was fine. It was just yeah. part of being a, a dad. And I just think I, I don't think enough dads, yeah, jump into that, and, right. and it makes them feel left out because, and you do feel left out because you're not involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know dads that 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 won't let their wives go out of town because. They can't, they they can't, can't take care of the kids, kids by themselves. And I'm like, and that's a shame. Don't get me wrong; like, it's gonna be a little different when mom's out of town. <laughs> but, but we all have a good time. Like, we'll, right. we'll figure. Like, I, I, I don't sit around and think about. It. I have no idea what to do. I know exactly what to do. Right, right. So. All right. So this guy with the three marriages, the author is pretty much saying that the problem is the love languages. Everybody has a specific love languages, and he breaks it down into five. I don't know the. I don't think we'll get to him when we get yeah, to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. <laughs> but Wait, there he is. he's telling this guy, hey, you know, your woman that you married had different love languages than you. I don't know that I want a woman with the same love language as me. I don't think I know what my love language is, per se, bro. Is it food? Like, you know, is it let me watch the Falcons? Well, I'm going to tell you, just pick food. Start, well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's well, starting to read through this, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about myself, too. Yeah, that's what I'm, I think yeah. this is more for me than her. Right, because like you just said, I don't know what mine are. Yeah. Or at least I'm yeah. I'm starting to realize what I know they my are. wife's. I know my wife's for sure. I know what she wants, and I'm trying to get there to give it to her. But I'm like I told y'all before, I'm not affectionate. I'm not, like, holding hands. I'm not, like, cuddling. Those are hers 100%. And so I'm trying to get to a heavy medium where, you know, that's not uncomfortable for me. Because it's uncomfortable for me. I didn't grow up that way. My mom wasn't, uh, you know, a loving, like, you know, right. come here, son. Some sit in my lap. She wasn't that way. She was tough. Yeah. My dad wasn't there. So I've just always, I've always, like, clung to myself. Like, you know. Yeah. So, and she's nine family members, you know, four brothers, four sisters. Mom and dad, you know, 
and they like always like family matters, like loving each other, you know, stuff <laughs> right. like that. So I definitely know we have different love languages for sure. Okay, um, so that's really the first chapter. Just learn. You need to learn your partner's love language, which we'll get to later on. At the end of the chapter, it asks, "How does your spouse respond when you try to show affection?" I don't know what I mean. My wife would be shocked, and I, I try. I come, I come, like I'm just, I'll come home with flowers. Like I'll do that. Yeah. But I like, and sometimes in the movies, I like grab her hand, and she's like, "Whoa." <laughs> she's like, oh, what the fuck's gotten into you? You freak. <laughs> but, you know, that's how she she responds sort of shockingly, which is sad, but that, that's just what it is. Mm. Yeah. Y'all the same? Y'all, y'all's what? Y'all, Mine, like I said, I'm, I'm still, I'm like, I kind of know what my wife's love languages, languages are, but I need to do a better job about upfront hitting them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, making sure that I, I blatantly that I try to speak her love language because I think it a lot of times just in the throes of life it's one of those things that gets pushed to the back burner mm-hmm. so it's like I know I love my wife I'm gonna come home I'm gonna do the right thing but then am I taking that extra step mm-hmm. and that's something that you're good um in the last you know well, 11 years now mm-hmm. I almost said 10 oh <laughs> yeah, I know right but in the last 11 years you know I've, I've started progressing and I would say this I think our love languages shifted after we had they kids. Absolutely oh, sure. yeah. yes. They shifted. So the things that we were doing for each other that, you know, really pushed us to together mm-hmm. prior to kids, PTK, there we go. I'm pointing at PTK. Um, you heard it here first. That's right. Um, <laughs> but things we had, you know, the things we did for each other, PTK was um, – it's different than what we do now because the priorities have shifted. The the daily goals have shifted. Because right now, one of my love languages that I can easily speak for her is if I give her a break with the remote learning stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, my wife's been a champion a champion with the boys and their learning, and I know she's just like, well, I'm, I'm she's taking it on because I'm in school and I'm working and doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to teach when I come home, mm-hmm. but I need to. Yeah, and I get that. So I'm trying my best to kind of work through that but like right now that's one of her that's one of hers yeah being somewhat familiar with the book i think even that, that's acts of service like yeah. that's seeing that you know and some people that's that's what wives want to see i yeah i'm great at that i i tend to think that i know what lisa's is but i i'm fully ready to read this book and realize i'm wrong right yeah like, exactly right. Yeah, i could be way <laughs> off I, I have yeah i think i may be way off yeah i might so, be way off too and i'm kind of interested to hear what mine is like i'm not actually sure what mine is and, I that's, what what mine and that's what i'm saying i know i didn't know what mine was until i started reading this book and thinking about it because mm-hmm. like some stuff like like i think about like words of affirmation like mm-hmm. that one makes me uncomfortable like with anybody, when anybody's like, "Man, it's like I like you, I like appreciate you," I'm always like, "All right, all right, yeah, chill out, yeah, me too, yeah, right, yeah, all right, relax." I mean, it, it like it freaks me out. It does. It's yeah. like, "Oh, they're gonna nominate your teacher of the year one year," and I'm like, "No, no, no!" Like, yeah. I don't ever want to be in that position. Like, yeah, oh, leave, on, leave me alone. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like I ever need to be recognized for yeah. stuff. And so yeah. I'm just kind of like, "All right, I'm good." But it is nice to finally, especially in our profession, get those positive words of encouragement Absolutely. because it they are far yeah, in between. Yeah, yeah, y'all need to be recognized. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, the first it, time I was... It is far few. The first time I was nominated for Teacher of the Year, I was like, oh, that's cool. But then mm-hmm. the, sec- the second time when I was nominated and I actually got it, I went, oh, man. Like, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... Right. You know, it wasn't... It wasn't something I needed at that point. But sure. it's just... It mm-hmm. happened. 
Well, and part of the reason that I, I don't do well with this because I know people who have, who have won it and who have been in that position. I don't ever think I measure up to them. Like, I, mm. I knew kids from when I did ministry, and I remember what they said about you, and I'm like, man, I don't mm. know if I'll ever be that teacher. And, mm. and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just I, – I play that game, but it's kind of like it's hard for me to take that kind of stuff because mm. I'm like, all right, just, just chill. To this day, I still don't think I measure up to you. That I'm just saying because, sure. but, but again, we're in a profession where you're constantly reflecting and constantly trying to think of how to be better. Mm. The same way you do with your marriage, you right. you're always kind of thinking about, or you, you at least I reflect and go, well, dang, today mm. what this week wasn't so good. I wonder, I wonder what's off with us, you know, mm, and that right. kind of thing. Because I have those kind of thoughts myself, and then I may All even, the time. Mm-hmm. and bring them away. Hey, do, do we feel off this week? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because sometimes you know you have those weeks sometimes yeah. where you yeah. just, yeah, absolutely. That's good to ask that question too. That takes a lot of. Courage to ask that question sometimes. Hey, what's wrong? Like, y'all know something's wrong, but you're not gonna talk. We're just gonna let just, just. Dang, sorry, mosquitoes. <laughs> you know, you, you know something's wrong. You just try to truck through it. Like, you know, we'll get through it. You know, kids are you know occupying your time. You really got time to dive into, do deep dives into each other's psyche to see what's going on. But just I, being able to ask is that's a good point of, of just thinking it's going to get better without yeah. saying anything. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's not though, like it's not. No, you know, we, no. We were talking about that with church and sin and stuff like that, and people, people are just like, well, you know, that sin's immediately. It's gonna get better. Like if I just leave it alone, mm-hmm. like, like literally biblically, like that's a, the exact opposite of what's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. biblically, it teaches you like if it's there, it festers mm-hmm. until it gets bigger. Like it doesn't just go away on its own. That's mm-hmm. right. If you ignore it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that it's, doesn't. It's like happen. cutting that grass with the with the paper in the middle. Like I told you, the just like twenty twenty. If you ignore it, it doesn't exist. Well, it's like I mean, it is, but it is. It's kind of like it's kind of like you get a cold, and you're just like, well, it'll be, it'll go away. <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes it's COVID. Yeah, now you're dead, and you need to <laughs> go get it checked out. Like, <laughs> right, let's go to chapter two, man. Keeping the love tank full. <laughs> um. Everybody's got a love tank, you know, some are full, some are empty, some are three quarters, you know, blah, 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 blah. This chapter talks about, you know, you know, children who misbehave at school. Are they the ones with the empty love tanks at home? And so they come to school and act out. What do y'all think about that, teachers? Have y'all have y'all had to have conversations with kids? Don't get me started on that because I'll start. I'll because um, that's don't, my that's my. Don't thing. go too deep. Don't go too deep. No, no. I, I mean that's my thing because even in my current role, I try my best to, and I know this is gonna sound weird, but love on kids. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I and not not in the creepy oh, yeah, creepy then, way, you but you ain't gotta say that. But you know the way the part where are, what's going, what's really going on? Because in today's times, you don't know what those kids are bringing into these four, yeah. the four walls of a school. Yeah. And so if you take the time, cause, and I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to be transparent. I think about what would have happened if somebody did that for TJ. Mm. Hmm? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I get in that, in, in my mind, that's my sure. way to curve some kind of mass tragedy because mm-hmm. I took two seconds to care about a kid. TJ is uh, got a shot up our high school in '99. We that's that's for any of those guys over the years. That, I mean, I mean yeah, any we, of them. we know plenty you, of kids in our can, grade that you, you can know. look and say, like, why didn't somebody, you know? Right now, sometimes you know, if you know how serial killers and that kind of stuff works, like sometimes there ain't nothing you can do. Mm. But for sometimes you can look at those kids and go, yeah. something ain't right. Who never loved you? That's mm. what I'm saying. Because I mean, who raised you? That was always one of my favorite things to do at my door as kids came into my chemistry room was. 
hey, I'm gauging because it's not just me. I'm standing outside because I need to be outside and monitoring the hallway. Mm-hmm. That's my first glimpse at the kid and my first opportunity to say, hey, what's going on today? You good? Mm-hmm. All right, I see. Oh, you don't look too happy. We'll talk in a little about, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I would purposely use that time for that. And so you have to, this whole, I'm going sh- to shift a little bit, but like we were just saying, you know when something's off with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, well, crap, what did I, as the man, you go, crap, what did I miss up what this did week? I, do? <laughs> yep. um, I know that's my first thought. Well, dang, let me start replaying about what I said, when I said it, and who I said it to. Mm. Um, and so you, 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 you have to always be in a position to gauge. And I think a lot of times, um, and I'll say men, we will come in from work, we won't pay attention, we'll just, me, 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 I need to take this time to cool off. I need, you know, and I get it because there's days where I have to come in and decompress too. Mm-hmm. But I can't be oblivious to what's going on in my own house, which is supposed to be the place of sanctity mm-hmm. and, and peace. And and this is, I mean, this is both teaching and doing ministry over the years. It has always amazed me at how many fathers are completely oblivious as to what's going on in all of Look, and I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it, too. But but I'll sit down and I'll hear I mean, kids are, I mean, sometimes kids just need somebody to listen. And and I'll sit down and I'll talk with them. And it's amazing. I just want to look at their parents, dads, moms, and be like, if they open up to me that quickly, imagine imagine how they would open up to you. Exactly. A lot of it's fear. A lot of it's, you know, their parents are so... So, I don't know the word. I don't want to get personal with you. I got a family member who, you know, you could tell he's terrified of his parent. He, like, he, he just, like, all he does is yell at him all day. Yeah. And so he's just terrified to go to him about anything. Sure. Uh-huh. And I kind of, I'm like, I'm like with Drew, like, I always want him to have, like, open lines of communication. Like, yes. Right. Yes. He knows I'll be angry about something. Like, you know, he, like when he broke my TV. <laughs> 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 he didn't tell me, and I found out we had to, you know, had to discipline him about it. But you still um, angry about that? Not no more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you can fix that, bro. Yeah, I TVs mean, are fixable. It wasn't the TV; it was the fact that he did it. And he concealed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's Ella. Ella will do that. It's not that I, I'm like I'm more mad that you hit it. Yeah, I don't care about the TV. I mean, I can get another TV. I mean, Black Friday coming up, baby. That's right. Um. Anyways, the need. Okay, so they said the need for love is a fundamental to human nature, which I agree 100. Mm-hmm. percent Everybody needs love, like you know. The cold-hearted criminal in jail needs love. And that's what, you know, we're all Christians here. That's what Jesus preached. That's right. Love, bro. I, that's what this that's what this world needs right now, bro, with all the division. It's all you need. When I when I did Young Life Ministry for a long time, and, and people would always ask, because I mean, I'll be honest, like, it, it appeared we were a successful ministry. Kids were there. Mm-hmm. Lives were being changed. Like, stuff was happening. And people are like, how are you so? And I, and I would always look at him like, I don't have any talents. I look like I just crawled out of the woods. I look like some <laughs> sort of mountain man. Like I, I'm not good at sports. I, I mean, I, I think maybe I'm funny, but like I don't think I'm like off the cuff funny. You root like, for a terrible football team. I root for a terrible <laughs> football team. Like we all I don't do. have any of those any of those check boxes going for me. <laughs> I just love the kids, and yeah. the kids respond to that. Like, that's, that's all it, it was. There's there's nothing, there's no other secret to it. Mm. I mean, I'd have youth ministers like, how, you know, how, how do you get these kids coming every <laughs> week? Because they're coming to hang out with people they know care about them. Right. Mm. And that's the, that, and that's, that a, and, and that's the same thing in teaching, man. And Those, teaching, yes. Because I, I promise you, the kids that they, uh, that I, I'll say got stuck in my class, but, um, but, you know, some of the kids that get, that get stuck in my class, quote unquote, um, stuck. 
Well, I say that because those are the kids that everybody else writes off. Yep. They wrote them off. Yep. They're not going to do anything for you. They're not going to da 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 But yet, well, they don't behave. They don't misbehave in my class, and they're, get, they're turning stuff in. Mm-hmm. What's your excuse? Mm-hmm. You know, because I took those two extra seconds. But mm-hmm. you know, the thing about this is you have to be careful with this whole love tank because if your spouse's love tank continually runs dry and mm-hmm. you're doing nothing to refill it, it's like a car. It you are that, that you're not going anywhere with that marriage, and that person is going to look for alternative methods to mm. get that love tank filled. <laughs> mm. So whether that's you know through that, a, that through a vice or through someone else, you have to be careful about that. So I that's think. something to be very cognizant of. Um, if you're in any kind of a long term relationship, keep that love tank full. That you keep hearing folks talk about. Um, how or going out and redating and refalling in love and all that—that's a part of refilling that tank. Mm-hmm. And if you well, put, and identifying what your love language is to know what it is—that's right. You know, and let, I mean, otherwise you're just pouring gas on the ground. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, but and again, the the, the uh, you may have to replace the gas cap after you get kids. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to. <laughs> you may have to upgrade from eighty seven to eighty nine. You know. You might have to put a little bit more effort into it as you get older, the longer the relationship progresses. But you absolutely have to constantly find ways to continually keep that tank filled. And, and two, knowing at this point, like, we're, we're so obsessed with instant gratification. Knowing that that, that tank paying, that, that, that paying off isn't going to happen immediately always. Like, right. This is not how it is. Like, I, right. I hate to go back to teaching, but it's like. I, I had a class one of my early years teaching. Like, I didn't think they were listening at all. I was loving on them. I loved them. I cared about them. I was always trying to get them. In, and then one day I got observed. I had a principal come in, and I'm like, oh, God. My, this is my class. I didn't ever do anything. <laughs> Couldn't get them to take notes. They were sleeping out at the time. The meanest principal in the school walked in. Every single one of them sat up, started taking notes, started asking questions. <laughs> and then as soon as that principal left, they all kind of look at me, and I'm like, guys. I've had that And, and they all look too. at me, they're like, of course then i'm like hey can't y'all do this all, all the time right <laughs> but there was a point where like my heart was kind of like man and and it took a long time to get to that and i really do some of those kids i really cherish them you know what they didn't make a's in my class but i but i love them and it's what marriages do like you're just not going to get it right lives are busy that's just, exactly right, but you have to constantly focus on. Yeah, it. you just don't keep jumping in the car and driving and not paying attention to the gas hand. Mm. I'll say too, I had a pastor uh, once, a good friend of mine, who who not only talking about the love languages, but talking about you know knowing how big your your gas tank is <laughs> and knowing I how big how the faucet on <laughs> your spouse works. Like uh, he, yeah. he would say, like his wife was like a drip drip faucet. Like mm. she she just wasn't mm. she couldn't pour it all out like that she wasn't like a fire hose you know right. whereas then he he was a fire hose like right. he would find something <laughs> does my wife like this yeah i'm gonna do it all the time right. like you know it, and, and every every spouse is gonna be that's, different that's and, good. yeah that's and a, some yeah, that's of it's changing point. maybe you need to maybe you need to turn the hose down or turn mm-hmm. it up yeah or maybe you just need to know and get used to yeah. kind of how your wife or how your spouse is mm-hmm. that's a really good point man i'm like not that. trying to change them either though right that's what i'm saying don't change them that's the thing like you can try to change, but they're not going to change, bro. You're like, oh, when we get married, things are going to be different. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to be worse, probably. <laughs> not yeah. worse, different. Maybe different. Maybe worse. I don't know. Sorry, guys. That's what you do when you're outside in the Diapers and Doghouse and Studios. You got, yeah. you got random DJs driving by with uh, some Post Malone, sounds like. <laughs> 
The need to feel loved by one's spouse is at the heart of marital desires. A man said to me recently, what good is the house, the cars, the place at the beach, or any of the rest of it if your wife doesn't love you? Mm. Do you understand what he was really saying? More than anything, I want to be loved by my wife. Material things are no replacement for human emotional love. A wife says he ignores me all day long and then wants to jump in bed with me. I hate it. She is not a wife who hates sex. She is a wife desperately pleading for emotional love. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the next chapter, man. How how full is your love tank? That's what he asked at the end of this question. How how full is your love tank? Is it full? I do like those self reflection. Oh, we asking? Uh, I'm asking y'all. Is y'all love tank full? Right I mean, now? I, we, we got <laughs> there's gas in the tank. I don't know about yeah. full. <laughs> about forty five. I almost think anybody that says full might be lying. I mean, it's it's. No we Falcon, got no Falcon sucked a lot of it out of it today. Oh my god! I, I'm the king of uh. <laughs> we stop at the gas. My, my brother always makes fun of me. He gets so mad. I'm I'm the king of putting ten dollars worth of gas in. The <laughs> <laughs> just, just the That's because we we have a lot of money growing up, so we never yeah. put up our gas oh, yeah, tank. Sure. So. Yeah, he's kind of the opposite. Now that they you know got kind of a semi comfortable life. He's like I fill it up every time. I'm like no no no, still yeah. ten dollars. <laughs> ten dollars. <laughs> just getting on by, baby. Getting on by. All right, chapter three. Falling in love. Man, falling in love. What's the ideal time length of dating before proposing? I don't know if there's a right answer to this. That's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's... Give me a range. More than a year? Uh, honestly, I think... Or does it depend on the age of the people? It, I, I think it depends on the age and the circumstances, um, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you meet... If you the, meet young, your... the younger you are, the longer it takes. Mm-hmm. The longer you need, I think. But the older you are, I mean... Yeah, you, you, you know trying what you to wait, want. right? You ain't trying to wait that long, so. Yeah. I, I'll say this: I I think it changes with culture and with age. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, we we look back at the generations from the you know the early 1900s mm-hmm. and you know greatest generation, the World War II generations. You know, those folks they know their their spouses for like a month and a half. <laughs> Get on a plane, go off to war, go go do something crazy, come back, marry them, like, <laughs> yeah. and then stay married for 50 dang years. Right. I've known people that have dated for four, five, six, seven years yep. and stayed married for six three months. or four. Yeah, yeah like, that's true. I, I think some of it's the way we communicate. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we live in a digital age and, and I think so. we think so much of what we're doing is communicating because mm-hmm. we're speaking to one another, uh-huh. be it through text, be it through, yeah. you know, social media. But are we actually communicating? Like, you need a solid amount of time communicating. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say a year. Yeah. I'll, I think that's a solid. What's Steve, what's Steve Harvey have? Like, the. Oh, the six months and uh, the 90 day rule is and all. Something? I don't know. I never read the book. I yeah, just watched. Either. I watched the movie because my wife made me. But. Yeah, um, I'm the new Steve Harvey. Forget wait, you. Was this 90 day fiance? <laughs> no. Think uh, like a man. Think like a man. Oh, think like a man. You had to wait a certain amount of time before you, you know, give it up, stuff like that. Right. Um, it was a 90 day rule I do remember that from the movie so he calls the in love like you know when you're first meeting you know all they thinking about them he calls it like a high it's like a drug yeah Yeah. and you chase that high Mm -hmm. and after marriage that high goes away and what do you do to get that high back is what he's kind of talking about in this it, it, and this is that that hard and part. And it's not it's not like consistent. It's like stock market high and stock market crash. Like, I mean, ain't no you got to. He, he's talking about just find a consistent plan and just ride and, that ride that wave. And that's a really good analogy because it 
marriage is like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you, there, you know, the son. I, I've had some good days, <laughs> had some bad days complain. too. But I ain't, I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because when you agree to hold a matrimony, you are signing up for the ultimate commitment. Mm-hmm. And I think because of this new generation of instant gratification, mm-hmm. commitment is something that they don't have. Or and I, I guess I should say we, but they. Uh, we're the older, okay. we're the older end of the new generation. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, head, I don't, yeah. I don't associate myself with the, with the millennials. No, but um, but no, it's that instant gratification. So I mean, like if you think about it, you know, kids today, they never know, they'll never know what it's like to go to the library and, and pull an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Never, mm-hmm. they can type it into Google in five seconds, two seconds later, yep. have the answer. Yep. Um, or fake and, answers or, or, right, and then so they expect that because there's the, that lack of communication you talked about. There's that whole, oh, it's going to happen right now. It's going to happen right now just the way I want it because that's what I'm used to. And because I don't know how to go and work for something that doesn't come to me right now, I can just walk away from it. Mm. And that's I think that's why you see so many folks um, walking away from marriages. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a psychologist by any means, but that's just well, yeah, an observation. I mean, you know, the first little bit of marriage, you know, you're so high with love, you know. And when you come back to normalcy, because that in love phase is like a, it's almost like a facade almost. It like, is. It's not, it's not real life. Like, it's not real life, bro. Sure. And once you come back down from Mars, mm-hmm. you got to deal and you got to make it happen. And some people can't make it happen. So they're like, all right, well, we're not in love anymore. So it's well, divorce time. And then some people fake it until it just crashes. I mean, well, like, yeah. we, we all know that. We know people yeah. that. You know that it, it, it all looks good, and they're all right. you know. But but you like we all know it's mm-hmm. kind of like you realize how fake that looks. Like, right. Yeah. It, we know it's crumbling on the inside, and, yeah. and you're you know you're faking it and acting like it's still happening. Mm-hmm. That's then, not the way to do it either. And then you got these shows like Married at First Sight. That's ridiculous, man. <laughs> and Ninety Day Fiance. You know those like those kind of shows, and I'm just like y'all. This uh, this podcast is like the end. Antithesis. Antithesis. (laughs) (laughs) Of those shows, man. I hate that stuff, bro. Like, let's get back to getting to know each other, man, and and forming a true union. Not no, no producers set me up with this guy. And oh, come on, man. He's a huge Bachelor Bachelorette fan, and I. It's good. It's entertaining. I mean, it is. It's fun, but I, I can't do it. I just can't. It's silly, man. I mean, it's silly. I I, I really hope that they're just actors and they're just putting on a show. Cause and seven out of ten times, I think they are. But um. Oh yeah, because most of them go on to do something else. Like I was surprised. Another reality show spinoff. Right. I was surprised at how staged game show audiences are. Oh really? I ain't hear about that. I have to tell y'all about that out out there. We'll talk about it. Yeah. What show are you on? I wasn't on the show, but I went to L.A. and That's we had, but we had a tour guide mm. that had been on the shows, and she was an actor or act. She's an actress, mm. and so she told us some of. The behind the scenes of how it works, and I went, "Whoa, man!" I thought you was about to tell us you was on the prices, right? No, but that's the that's one of the shows I was that we're referencing. Oh, no. mm. All right, he says, "In love is like an obsession, and love after obsession is an attitude." Mm. That's what he says. Yep, Doctor Gary Chapman. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a mindset. That's what he means by that. It's a whole. Am I going to dig in and work, or am I just going to say, "All right, this." The honeymoon's over. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. All right. The last question in this book, this chapter was: Can you pinpoint when reality set in? How did this affect your relationship? Ooh, I tell you, I 
I'll tell you this one. This one isn't too bad. I'm on the honeymoon. But, um. Mine's before the marriage. Nah, well, and see, ours, and I'll tell you, ours was, um, it was a money thing. Yeah. And it was because I was still trying to get my teaching certificate, so I was still being paid like a sub. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, I was, when we got married, I was jobless, technically. Um, it didn't really sign a contract until what two, three weeks after we um, got married. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you talking about some struggle, struggle. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I realized, oh crap, this is real, real. Because mm-hmm. I can't just do and say and the charm and all this. It's all right, dude. What you gonna do? What you gonna roll? You got to roll <laughs> up your sleeves. So that's when I was I was working two jobs. Yeah. Right. So I had to I had to roll up my sleeves and go work two jobs because yeah. I knew I needed to be be in a position financially to provide for my wife. Uh-huh. So it stunk because I took some time away from her to work two jobs. But at the same time, yeah, we would, that, that was, that was that, that, you know, that kind of kicked in. So, yeah. Um, mine was, it was before the, it was before the marriage. It was actually the wedding plan. Like when you're paying for your own wedding, when you're paying for your own wedding, um, you know, that price can run up quick, real, and, real quick. And when you ain't chairs, got it, how many chairs we need? Yeah, when you ain't got it like that, it, it definitely. What y'all feeding these folks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to some real good, good entanglements uh, about not the Jada kind about That's a the good wedding. Word. So yeah, that was definitely reality. Like, all right, well, we're gonna we fought through it. We it worked out. It was perfect. Everything worked out great. So yeah, reality set in early for us. It wasn't no. It wasn't ever like no honeymoon phase, cause like I ain't, I ain't, <laughs> I'm not that type. Like I'm not no. Yeah, we were about six months in when I was when I was set in. Yeah, like you know, it is what it is. You got, you, you got to get specific, Zach. Yeah, no. I don't want you yeah, to, I'm trying to think. It, it, it was trouble. probably right around when Ella was born. I mean, I don't know if it was right. It might have been a little bit before that when we moved. We we lived in the loss in Porterdale. Mm. Uh, you know, fancy living in the the cute apartments, mm-hmm. and then we moved into a small house. You know, we were having kids. I was still a para pro, and we we didn't have a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, so we moved into a small little house, rented right off the square in Covington, mm-hmm. and you know, cheap rent. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot of money, and yeah, it kind of made me realize. All right, well, here it is. Like here is here's life. <laughs> yeah, it's life. No more uh, none of that Cinderella. None of that, um, Pocahontas, John Smith, none of that going on. Mm. Real life. All right, guys. Well, that's the first three chapters. Um, it's really just an introduction. We haven't really gotten to the love languages yet. That'll be next week. The first love language is chapter four, words of affirmation. Love language number one. That's what we'll get to next week. I can't wait to... See Zach blush. <laughs> I suck at I suck at receiving compliments too, man. That's just I ain't never been good at it, bro. I I don't know why. I'll read about it. Maybe I'll learn something about myself. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I had a question or two, but I ain't gonna get to them today. All right. Let's go wrap this thing up, man. Appreciate y'all listening, man. Hopefully, you haven't read the book and we're teaching you something. If you have read the book, it's probably been a while and wouldn't mind getting a refresher. And go buy the book and read it along with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dr. Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages. Send your questions in. Yeah, send in your questions. I'll get to the ones we got next week. We won't spend so much time because we only have to deal with one chapter. And that's it. Go Falcons. <laughs> and fire Dan Quinn. We got the beers next week. You think Mr. Trubisky going to light us up? 
They want to hear a really bad stat. <sighs> yeah, give it to me, man. The Falcons had 39 points oh, with zero damn. turnovers in their loss against the Cowboys. Entering today, teams were 440 and 0 when scoring 39 points with zero turnovers since 1933. I, I just, I just came. 449. What was it? 440 and 0. And no, we're the first team ever. We had three fumble recoveries in the first quarter. First quarter. And we only got 20 points off of them. First quarter. <sighs> Dan Quinn, it was nice knowing you, dude. Hopefully, you can get a job. Yeah, I'm sure. out. It's not. It was not nice knowing you. <laughs> He'll get a defensive line job somewhere. I'm you, sure. You, I'm... you gone. Yeah. All right, guys. Love y'all. See y'all next.